Nothing worth being named. Yeah, the Armada and the Red Hogs. Red Hogs? Red Hogs. So we, <laughs> we could be the Hogs. I'm a Hogs fan. What the fuck Some is that? Pork. <laughs> the fucking crazy. Um, now nah, this is a hot take. But like, like, you know what I'm saying? Native American. If they weren't so like um adamant about keeping the name for so many years, if they weren't you know what I mean? Like it like it was clearly offensive and it was clearly disrespect. And I think like like if we talk about like regionally besides the, the whole like horribleness yeah, <laughs> that yeah, yeah. is, like like a, a name calling out to Native Americans in terms of like like the warrior spirit. They could have made it the warrior. The warriors of some sort would have been that better. Been good. With an arrowhead, would have been like nice. Anything that like, literally wasn't a racist it's slur. It'd be one thing if it, the owner was a decent human being. Exactly. Right, this, is a, this is a man who is utterly ass scum. Ass scum. Right? Like Dan Schneider is scum. So <laughs> right, this, still not. this man made up. Dan, Dan Snyder, a nasty nigga, though. He published, he published <laughs> a false report that said Native Americans approved of the name and just made the stats up. Unbelievable. This thing doesn't give a fuck. Exactly. At all. They got rid of Donald Sterling overnight. At all. The shenanigans <laughs> you, you remember what Donald Sterling said? Hold on. No, I'm not, no, no, I'm not comparing. I'm just saying. This shit is documented. The amount of shit this nigga Snyder has done, bro, is horrendous. Is it recording right now? Yeah, it is recording. Wait, even intro to pod? That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy, bro. This is, this is the interlude. Uh, welcome to the Inexplicable Thoughts Podcast. This is your host, Franklin. I am joined by my new co-host for this season. We got Matt, got Jeremiah, and we got Max today. Um, I'm excited to talk to you guys about some topics. Obviously, Matt's pretty animated about his bullshit-ass NFL football team. Um, they are a complete two-pack of ass. Um, the niggas got one QB, and he's been Your injured. QB is Baker, bro. Don't talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> Um, our QB made it to the playoffs. We gotta see y'all first. <laughs> I honestly look at the Washington football team and I'm just like, y'all could be a solid team because you're in a great market, but you have no offense. You have no Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. Uh, Taylor Heineke, or whatever his name is, is terrible. Absolutely yeah. fucking terrible. He's a good backup. That's it. Yeah, and th- when you, when, when Ryan Fitzpatrick is your savior, bro, that's how you know you're in a dark place. So. I We're mean, just hoping for next year right now. That will be here. trash until you get rid of Snyder. Okay, let me get this straight, bro. I firmly believe. I'm Mason Rudolph is your is who's going to transition into being your starting quarterback. Your I, will, I would I never know. say that. They got your old homie, you know, Dwayne Haskins on the team. That, that man is is lucky to be on the roster, bro. <laughs> They're watched, evaluating him. We're evaluating him. They watched Spencer Rattler tra- transfer and all their hopes went out the window. <laughs> <laughs> all they do is find some mid-ass QBs and say, we can make something out of this. Every single time. Cause no way you looked at Big Ben coming out of college and thought he was about to be this nice. He was a number ten pick. Don't let him get started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how you feel about him retiring? We get into that, but um, no, bro. It's like I'm very sentimental about it. You know what I'm saying? He was the first quarterback and the last quarterback that I've seen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying 18 years of greatness. <laughs> know, y'all, y'all know I, I the, last, <laughs> the last 10 been a little nitty. Okay. the last three <laughs> been some. The other part of that statement was going to be, but it's time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm not going to act like it's not time. He's been he's been out of it for a couple of years, but we'll be good. Who though? Like who's coming in <clears throat> and stepping in and like taking over? Well, honestly, like, when you're a great operation, like just a great organization, you're well run. 
I'm like Matt's boys over here. <laughs> you're always gonna be okay. So I'm actually not even worried about it. Like, no, I wouldn't be either. I just I have concerns about QBs at this level because we've seen the NFL take an even quicker jump to a more refined product, and a lot of QBs coming out of college have struggled to like really you know click. Like even the like the tip riding on Mac Jones this season. I was just like, he's a game manager. Like, he not really like that. Like, he can't throw deep balls, and he's not exactly the most mobile QB. And if you really watch him in the game, his knee is cooked. Like, I'm very much a person. I, I'm a Patriots fan, first and foremost. But, like, watching his leg, like, I get very nervous seeing him run out of the pocket because he wears that brace for a reason. And it only takes, like, one Aaron Donald-ass tackle to, like, just RIP that boy, put him right. on a T-shirt. So um, you're not sold? You're not sold on Mac being the guy? I think he's he's going to be here for the next four to five years. Mm. And then what? <laughs> he's the out he's of football? T- he's, he's, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's, I really feel like his success is tied to Belichick. I just don't understand. If Do you pay him in four years? Bro, if you you get, pay him until Bel- Belichick retires. If you get a couple playoff wins, for sure. I don't think they will. You have to. They smoking on that pack come playoffs. Mm. Dude, look at the playoff picture right now. And more importantly, if the records stay the same, the Bills and the Patriots at this moment are matched up in the first round of the wild card. And I was like, dog, you got to go to Buffalo and win in that cold. But you the Bills are winning? Dog, Bills, like, it, when Josh Allen's, like, dogging people, like, he really be, like, fugazi with it. Like, he, he be doing shit where I'm like, you were about to throw a pick, and then the next play he's, like, 60-yard bomb to, like, Stephon bro, Diggs or somebody. But when Bill wants to, he's clamping that thing. Like, he <laughs> is. Bro, like, it's proven. When they first played each other this year, bro, that was, I have not seen a football game like that. It was dirty. Like, literally, maybe ever, bro. They didn't pass once. They didn't pass <laughs> it once. Three attempts all the time. Allen was in constant hell. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy, bro. Like, I never count the Patriots out, bro. Like, no, not at all. Never, and I'm optimistic. I'm hoping we get, like, the Chargers. I think the Chargers are sweet. Yeah, I love Herbert. But, like, the rest of that team doesn't move me. Listen, so I, I'm a Chargers fan. You know what I'm saying? Just recently adopted. <laughs> <laughs> it's not our year. <laughs> Couple you pieces away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're in playoff contention. That's what we like to see week 18. Yeah. That's what we need to be. Herbert, you know what I'm saying? Like, the weapons, we're developing. Yeah. That's it. Guys, get this playoff win. Wait a minute. You're a new you're a Chargers fan? I'm a new Chargers fan. Listen, so This is the very first time. He said Keenan Allen season. <laughs> Listen. My Williams is a dog, bro. He told Act me hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> I no longer can be a Bears fan. Oh, you were a Bears fan. I was a Bears you fan. You were a Bears fan the last time I saw you. not a fan. My entire <laughs> life. I saw this thing last weekend. Week he was a Bears fan last weekend. Fair weather ass. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't have a loyalty. That is the quickest changeup I've ever seen. Oh, oh y'all, fun. listen. Yeah. Y'all have not been through what I've been through. <laughs> I, I actually have, been. Okay. I, I you have, yeah, but it's, I have a, it's a weird <laughs> way where the fans are joining together against yeah. the establishment. Not here. <laughs> I can't imagine being, like, going through the Jay Cutler era. Man. Watching on Monday Night Football, the Giants sack him seven times. <laughs> oh, but the thing was, like, this dude was kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. Brandon, Marshall, <laughs> Brandon Marshall is best in the league. I don't, I don't care what you got to say. And now he is sicko. <laughs> Color, bro. Color could slang that thing. Even though he was trash, he could slang On that and thing, off bro. the field. <laughs> Dog, <laughs> yeah, sick guy. <laughs> he really just wanted to party and have fun. I can't be mad at him because if I was in the league, like, 
<laughs> Demon time every day. Oh it reminds me of uh, Taylor Lewin came out of uh, an interview on his podcast, and he was talking about how being a college football player is harder than being an NFL football player because you got to go to class, tutoring, go to club practice, go to review sessions and shit. He's like, I go to practice and work out maybe like two to three hours a day. And I'm kind of like a, a bull in a china shop. He's like, I can do whatever I want. He's like, I can just dick around for eight hours a day and yeah. see my kids and chill. He's like, I do whatever I want. You know, hit a little vacation <laughs> in the off season. When you're like college player, you can't be doing anything. And I was like, that is why I understand when athletes get caught with women. Because it's like, if I'm a single pro, I'm out here. Like when LaMelo Ball had that 29-year-old IG model in his DMs, I was like, she doesn't have a real job. <laughs> And you don't. You have a ton of free time, so it's like come by the crib after practice. Like yeah, well, it must be, it must oh. be the craziest life ever. Nah, like <clears throat> I, I, I know people who are friends with pro athletes, and it's just like you have a ton of flexibility within your schedule when it comes to day to day because you know your life is football or the sport. And the, and, the, and the one thing that really interests me is there was a <clears throat> there was someone I was talking to, and one of this, it was a podcast I was listening to actually, and they're talking about one of their friends. And he's a pro um, football player. And he talked about the fact that, like, a lot of people overcomplicate the stigma behind pro sports. He was actually a play pro basketball player. But he was like, I look at basketball as a job. Like, it pays the bills. He's like, I don't really love this shit. Like, you ever think about the players who, like, go play and they're like, you know, this dude could be a savage if he, like, really, really try, but he yeah. never seems to, like, really, really care. Andrew Wiggins? <laughs> yeah, but, like, those kind of players were like, you love the game, but, like, we always confuse that it's a job. Like, it, yeah. it pays the bills. Like, some people don't want to be Kobe because, like, it, it's a nine-to-five to them type vibe. Yeah, right. Um, mm-hmm. And so, for me, it would be, like, if I was skilled enough to be like that, like, it probably would be the same way. Like, if I looked at LeBron and saw how I hooped, I already know what it is. It's a dub. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like let's be for real. Like, I'm not at that level. Like, I'm not about to be in the gym doing 60 hours of workouts so I can be, like, now two degrees lower than LeBron. Like, I'm not Hall of Fame. Yeah. I'm not all-star level, but I'm nice. Like, I might give you 15 and 10 <laughs> off the bench or 5, 15. Like, Kyle Kuzma has to know that's a job for him. Right. Like, he's not going nowhere. <laughs> and I think that's where the conflict with the, the casual fan comes in. Because <laughs> their dedication is to the team. They want to see that victory <laughs> every night. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, going out there... The guy doesn't care. <laughs> Blows their mind. Yeah. It's like, dog, I, I, I bet plus 15 on you. Like, y'all need to, like, he's like, I, I, have, I have you scoring 15 in this, this parlay I got. And it's like, nigga, move. <laughs> it's like, bro. Like, we don't care. Like, I, would, I wouldn't care if I was an athlete either, but it's just funny watching them. Some of the people paid. that take that shit seriously are just weirdos, in my opinion. Like, oh, yeah. you care that much, you're going to, like... You see Say some shit to this dude in public? Like, <laughs> what? Like, when you're right next to him? Like, that takes some incredible confidence. Be heated. They want to get hit. All right. But we were talking about Big Ben. And so this question is directed at you, Max. Where does, where does he rank? Top, top, whatever. Yeah, I think he's top 10. Top 10? Top 10. And I may even bump him. I may even bump him to top eight. <laughs> I need to hear the list. I need to hear the list. I may narrow it. Who are you, who are you putting the seven before him? Man, if I, if I can list them, yeah, just off the top of the dome, that's tough. We did new, no pre-production to this, gotta this be, podcast. <laughs> it's off rip. It's got to be Rogers. This is no order. This is just the seven yeah, that yeah. I think could be better. It may not even be seven, but <laughs> Rogers, Marino. Let's see, Brady. I guess. Oh my god, I don't like Brady, man. I'm not a Brady guy. Jeremiah knows this. Hmm. 
Ah, uh, man, what's that? Three? Success. Mm-hmm. I mean, hmm. Montana. Yeah, Montana's better. Steve Young. I don't know. Like, I'm not. Like, I'm not even like a. I'm not really a big Steve Young guy. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not putting. I'm not putting you know? Big Ben top ten. I'm sorry. But maybe then maybe top like 15, Dante sure. Culpepper. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> You're like next. No. So, Bro, I really think Ben up there like that. Like, I don't know. I can't think of seven, but like he ain't got a ring in like ten years. But he's got two of them. He things. got two of them. No, no, no. He do get the two of them things. Jer- MVPs. Jeremiah and I were talking about this earlier. Like, it was about the conversation between like when people are evaluating the greatest and goats. It's either like how many rings you got, or it's like talent, like mm-hmm. stats, eye show, or eye show. Uh, greatness. Eye yeah, just greatness. Um, eye test is everything to me. Like yeah, if see, you like you just see certain players and it's like ooh like like swag yeah. you know what I'm saying like yeah you, they just got a certain feel to them like we're like oh, definitely so bro how could you not be for Big Ben then in that situation I think he's top fifteen always been on that there's fourteen guys better than him. yes wow it, I mean it, that's surprising coming from a you know an eye test guy dog. His arm has been cooked for a long time. <laughs> bro, eye test is like a better argument. The eye test is a better argument for Ben than his stats. That shit looked like a chicken wing flapping in the wind. <laughs> like it should be like this. <laughs> the past couple years, yeah, I can't, I can't hold you there. He's also part years. of the, one of the greatest organizations in professional Ever. sports. Steel yeah. Curtain was is iconic forever, and that defense has never been mid. Yeah, bro, that's the standard. The standard is the standard. Two rings, three visits. People forget three visits. You know what I'm saying? Big Ben and the GOAT. Bro, who could extend plays like this dude? A lot Have y'all of, ever seen a lot of I QBs. talk about eye tests. Have a you ever of, seen a quarterback a lot of QBs. shrug off D-linemen like this dude used to, bro? Yes. Who? There's a lot of QBs that do that now. And before. Oh, he's talking now. Big Ben is 40. <laughs> <laughs> We're obviously comparing primes here. <laughs> bro, this dude. Hey, and you're, you're talking to a dude who used to argue prime Big Ben is better than prime Rodgers. So, like, I'm not even trying to, like, send you smoke. I don't know why he used to argue. Well, what? Brown, no, 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 no. I say that because I, I think the slander towards Aaron Rodgers is... It's my favorite holiday. <laughs> end of the oh, season. Anyone who listened to this podcast who's known me for the last few years, you know the end of the season is my time time to you know light that Aaron Rodgers pack. Hey, over in the NFC, we know. <laughs> Tell him that. You gotta, we know. It's between yeah. Aaron Rodgers and uh, Marino. Dog, I'm, I'm, t- I'm, I'm telling you right now. That nigga, Aaron Rodgers is the – yeah. That nigga folds in the playoffs every year. Every year, maybe you never have. Every year, but you can't. You, Stop the catch. <laughs> he had bro, a defense what last year. Last year he had a defense. What What's that dude's name or that corner that like literally <laughs> came? came. <laughs> they threw it away for them. But the they choked last year. year. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they last year. You get, you're at Lambeau and Brady throws four Three picks. picks. <laughs> you win. There's no excuses. <laughs> no excuses. There's Dude, no but, but that's the thing. Brady's always had a great defense. That's another conversation. Hey, but we're about to do that. But then say Rodgers has never had a defense. I'm not with it. It's cap. It's excuses. Bro, his defense. Bro, bro his defense. They should have won last year. You could argue they, they should have gone to the Super Bowl the year before that, too. Th- thank you. Niners, and, Niners, and, and now they're So they have no excuses. No excuses. Niners dogged them in 2020. And then they got dogged last year by the by the Buccaneers. I'm sorry, like he doesn't move it for me in the playoffs. He he gets he's mm. sweet, but he's still arm talent. Arm talent. I mean, he's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. Packers might pick he's the winner. Arm talent right. in terms of ability Their to make plays besides Mahomes. They just got Bakhtiari back on the O line. Their best yeah. alignment. They're gonna be nice, but I think yeah. they're gonna go away. But uh, nah, like people forget that um, the the year that they won the ring for Rodgers was the year he faced the Bears in like the NFC Championship. And they had a backup QB in a mid team, 
and the dude threw four picks, three or four picks in that game, and they barely beat the Bears to, to go to the Super Bowl. I don't. He doesn't move me in the clutch. I'm sorry. He's the part. He's he's the part of the argument. I think that that's a great knock against him. I do. No, no, no. Yeah. He's, he's the reason why you got to take talent into the consideration. Like, there's a reason why I don't only talk about rings. But Peyton, I feel like he, like comparable to Peyton at least. No, 100. percent right, Aaron Rodgers is arguably going to be a top five QB ever. That's not something he's, he's ever. He's already there. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah. I don't he's say top ever. three. I don't yeah, say that until top. people retire. I'm, I'm on that kind of okay. way. Yeah. But like. LeBron? You already know how I feel like LeBron. <laughs> how you yeah. feel about LeBron? Nigga, I'm from Cleveland. <laughs> I just had to check you. Some of these takes, you know what I'm saying? I had to check you. I mean, I grew up in Canton. Like, he used to come to, like, our, like, girls' JV basketball games. Like, he's forever goaded to me. Like, yeah. There's um, not a better basketball player on planet Earth, man. Um, but, yeah, I, I'll say Ben's top 15 Hall of Famer. I have a weird feeling that post-retirement he's going to start coaching. Oh, yeah, we love him. Um, I think he's got that personality. I think he's, like, a hardo enough to, like, get results from people. And because he grew up in that Steelers organization, he has that mentality, he has that pedigree that someone's going to give him, like, a QB coach role. He'll do that for 18, 24 months, and the next thing you know, he's, like, a you know offensive coordinator or, you know, assistant coach on a, on a, a decent, like, sub-level team. And, and then I see it taking off from there because he's just – Ben's, like – I think Ben's a dick because he's just like <laughs> kind of a weirdo, but like he's like one of those dudes where like you ignore it because like when it comes to it, like you know he's saucy. He get it done. Yeah, bro. he get it done. Like he's saucy. Um, and so for me, it's just one of those things where I'm interested to see what his next five years looks like because he's probably been planning on this for a little bit now and just getting things in, oh, in line for, for that retirement. But one of the things I really wanted to ask you since you're the Steelers fan on this podcast is it finally time to admit Antonio Brown won the uh, the breakup? No. <laughs> what? Dog, come on. Wait, what? <laughs> come on. You're asking this question now? Yes. Like today? He won the no. breakup. I'm sorry. How, what, okay. <laughs> we got to unpack this one. Like, <laughs> what constitutes as winning in this in this? He stayed, event? He stayed in the league. He... Got people to believe that. The bare minimum. The he's bare lost <laughs> millions. I know. He, he's definitely lost money, but he's proved, he's proved a point. He's definitely said that Ben throws people. He showed that Ben throws people under the bus constantly, which is facts. Yeah, he does. Big facts. Like, that's no longer debatable. He stayed in the league. He, ben was right that he is a drama, drama queen, but he hasn't had, like, an over 1,000-yard receiver since A.B. left. And A.B. won a ring. That's a dub for me. He won Alright. I mean like yeah, we haven't had a guy like A B I'll admit that. Like A B is definitely like one of the best receivers we've ever had. Hall like, of Fame. Of all time. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Top three. We Hall of Fame. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely left like <laughs> lost a, a, a goat. But like I, I test tells me everything about that guy. <laughs> we've had no losing season since he left. You know what I'm saying? We are always <laughs> that was crazy. We are always ready for the future. A B's future is is glim. Bleak at best. So I mean, you're talking about winning. I don't know. I guess I'm, I see it more long term. Like we'll be fine. I think we won. Like we no, didn't. I'm lose talking about that much. Ben versus him. Not talking about the organization versus Ben versus AB. Yeah. Mm. I know AB was at home smoking that pack. Interesting. <laughs> Love <like> that fat <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're talking about like, <laughs> if you're talking about like win or win or loss on the field, yeah. Yeah, Ben lost. Yeah, Ben just ben got a farewell lost. tour though. 
He just got a farewell send off. Oh yeah. Yeah. At the Browns at the Heinz Stadium, they were smoking that Najee Harris touchdown run. I was like, oh yeah. They're doing laps right now. But bro, Ben was on the on the downswing before A B left. So it's like, I, mean, I mean like he was still decent. I mean, I'll never forget that year, like that whole team plus Martavius Bryant was just won a Super Bowl. cooking, yeah. bro. Mm. They he had a squad. Like, I put that one on Tomlin. That was on Tomlin. Dog, they no were excuse nasty. Me. They were nasty. Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> they had they had like, some savages on that team. Yeah. And wasn't Harrison still in the league at that point? Yes. One of those years, though, we lost in like the AFC Championship or something, and we had everyone was hurt. Like Le'Veon was hurt, AB was hurt. Like we had no one. Whatever the year was, was where the the, year, the Jaguars man. like. Low-key made it to the AFC Championship. It was the weirdest year of football of my entire life. That was oh, against man. us. It was 2017. Horrendous. Horrendous. <laughs> was a weird year. They smoked y'all. Isn't that crazy to think about the Jags now? Like, <laughs> yeah. They were nice when they had Four Jake, years Ramsey. ago. They didn't want to pay anyone. <laughs> they, pay, yeah. they really had Blake Bortles at QB and was cooking. Yeah. Like, Blake Bortles is mid. Like, mid of mid. The defense was nasty. Barely back up. Barely <laughs> third string. Blake Bortles is barely up. Like, they would really watch him throw a pick and say, we still got this. It's because they drafted him up there. They had Saxonville, bro. They were yeah, going like, they were, they wasted a lot of talent just just not taking care of their roster and taking care of their organization. But and they're making Trevor Lawrence look like he forgot how to play football. 10, 10 touchdowns, 17 interceptions as a rookie is not great. Was that still Shad Khan? He was still the owner? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Devil's advocate. Like, I think they have an infrastructure to be good. You know what I'm saying? They're a couple of pieces away. Obviously, they have no explosion on offense. Yeah. They got Travis Etienne <laughs> coming back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's automatic speed. <laughs> Fastest guy on the team by far. Let's get a receiver in there. Marvin you know Jones saying? coming back. DJ uh, Shark coming back. <laughs> we'll see. Who has a better infrastructure, though, the Jags or the Bears? I would take the Jags. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, Ooh. honestly. Just because of Lawrence? Yes, they have picks. Mm-hmm. Also, the Bears traded their it's picks true. away. Yeah. The Bears, hell yeah, yeah, for Justin Fields just to not surround him by an O-line at all this year. Mm. It's so miserable. But the Bears do have me optimistic. Um, and the other thing that they've kind of come out of this year is I really love what the Bulls are doing this year. Chicago mm-hmm. Bulls back, baby. Yeah, never left. Michael Jordan <laughs> tried to blackball us as a yeah. city. We said we smoked that pack still. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we really got Zach Levine playing on an all-star level. DeMar DeRozan playing like he wanted to be MVP. Um, someone said that uh, DeMar DeRozan is just really Michael Jordan with cornrows. And I almost <laughs> lost my pants to laughing. <laughs> wow. Because he's been cooking. He got the package. The game winner he had against my Wizards, bro? Money. One leg from the corner? Somebody said the reason why they enjoy that is because no one wants to see a Kyle Kuzma game winner. <laughs> Imagine the, the NBA highlights for the night. You got to go on ESPN and fucking Scott Van Pelt's like, tonight's highlights, and it's just Kyle Kuzma some, spraying someone's <laughs> eye real quick. Like, that's nasty work. Like, no one wants to see Kyle Kuzma's light-skinned ass doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Number one belly in NBA. He's down bad. Even though he's balling, he's still down bad, bro. He really lost his girl and just started hooping crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he's in Washington. He's model, right? Yeah. Winnie. Winnie, yeah, Winnie, Winnie. They broke up and he started pooping. He's like, I'm gonna show you what it's really about. There's nothing better than that post breakup feel. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't gotta say nothing to your ex. You just start going crazy in your, prefer- your professional life. <laughs> Kanye said, Yeah, let me get let me get Julia Fox real quick. <laughs> let me remind you. And then he posted yesterday. He's like, Yeah, you know, a little collaboration between Easy Gap and 
Balenciaga, nothing, nothing too crazy. And I was like, all right, turn it up on there. <laughs> he really said on that podcast that he, he made Kim fashionable and then proceeded to make two of the biggest fashion brands in the world collaborate with each other. I He's agree. Right. <laughs> He's kind of right. Personally, I agree. I've seen yeah. the pictures. <laughs> Bro, and I hate Kanye. <laughs> you, know, you know this. Like, I, I hate Kanye. So you hate Kanye true. and Tom Brady, two of my boys. <laughs> <laughs> How are we friends? So. <laughs> this man denies talent. I mean, you're a Browns fan. We should have known off the rip. It's okay. You understand greatness. No, but uh, Yeezy, Yeezy's breakup has... Uh, it's been interesting, you know, Chicago's back, city's back. How do y'all feel about him getting with Julia Fox, you know, just off the, that pro, post breakup tip? You know, I think it, it, it was expected to always see some commentary coming from him on his relationship status. I mean, I think I can speak for all of us when I say I, I personally don't care at all. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it's good to see he's back out there. Like, you know what I'm saying? They've been trying to portray him down bad. He, yeah. bro, he was down terrible he was down for like the past month. He looked depressed in the clubs. Oh, my God. Like, bro. he didn't look like he was happy to be at. He was, he was looking at white women like, y'all usually my vibe, but like, <laughs> y'all keep getting younger and younger. <laughs> he didn't have the, the stamina to even, to even try. <laughs> Bro, he won. Someone said that um, Kanye posted pictures of Julia Fox riding him on the floor. He he lost Jesus real music back, and I was like, I mean, that that album does sound pretty crazy though. <laughs> That's my album of the year, uh, if I'm being honest. Um, but I just think it's hilarious. That That's what a Kanye stand would say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right now, too fire. My album of the year would be "The House Is Burning" by Isaiah Rashad. Okay. I don't know if it's close. I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't know who, who made a, a vibier piece of art. I don't know. He made a decent project. I play that little Uzi Vert album song pretty often with him. Um, but I, I wouldn't say it's album of the year. Kanye's, bro, just, Kanye's just too pro, like, prolific to me. I don't know. I'll take it back. I do hate Kanye, but I fucked with the old Kanye. Yeah. Like 808s, like, I fucked with Kanye at that time. He used, but to, it's make, like, he used to make the music to make them... Go crazy in the club. <laughs> I wish I was I was a little bit older so I could appreciate some of his classics when I like. Like you ever think about the fact that some of the cl- songs we listen to and we're like popping out to as kids? Like if we were at our age right now, like C- Candy Shop by Fifty Cent, dog. That is crazy. You get a nice little joint at the club, <laughs> a little bad little thing. Like, oh, come on now. <laughs> it is crazy because we look at the younger generation now. Like, we look down on them yeah. in terms of, like, the kind of content they take in, but we weren't that different. Yeah. There's so I much more about it. <laughs> There's so much better than us. Real R&B back then. Like, that's, a, that's a very relevant Dude used term. to beg for women back then on R&B songs, <laughs> crooning. But uh, I don't know. Like, I look at the whole Kanye situation in the sense that, you know, Kim tried to get back at him with, uh, you know, the Pete Davidson thing, like salute to him. It's a little doofy to me because it's like you know what you're being used for at this point. Um, but Julia Fox is up there on the rankings for a lot of people right now because they they weren't hip after her uncut gems shit, and so they started researching her and seeing what the kind of wild shit she was on previously. Yeah, bro. She, she's cool. Yeah. I'm a I'm a Julia Fox fan. They know what time it is with me and her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Um, and so I was like, I love all the people who are like, yo, I swear he ate me when they got, he got with Julia. <laughs> what? I didn't even know. <laughs> all my homies was like, damn, Kanye really swear he me for getting with Julia. And I was like, y'all are really thirsty for this. <laughs> Somebody said, you, you find an above average face white woman with a, a thick body and that's everybody's type. <laughs> bro, he came back lethal. Oh yeah. Kanye came back lethal, but bro. Pete Davidson putting a wilt number. <laughs> <laughs> for real, for real. Yeah, like, he, he certified for now. Like his yeah. his post Kim phase is gonna be iconic because it's like <laughs> you can't like where do you go from there? You can't go any higher than that. <laughs> it's just whatever you want, unless you're getting your Olivia Culpo back. <laughs> but it really, you really can't get higher than that, bro. It's crazy. Like you you gotta just like look at the landscape post Kim and be like. You are not off limits to me. Like you are within. <laughs> yeah. At that like point, you already know that as soon as it's over, Miley Cyrus is like, burr, burr. so New Year's. Facts. We, uh, definitely talked about getting that pipe in. <laughs> like, well, there was some shit today about how, like, I guess Kim K unfollowed Miley on the gram. Yeah, like, I was just talking to somebody about that. It. Yeah. <laughs> like, think about it. He's had like his <clears throat> his collection. You know, quote unquote, not to be a misogynist right now, but his collection. <laughs> Is is ill. Like if you look at his 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 catalog, like <laughs> who trying to see him in a versus? <laughs> oh like he's God. got a he's got a mean discography. <laughs> um, but like you could really just leave Kim and, and and honestly the the landscape for you at that point is is pretty wide open. Um, I mean, you could get Miley, Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a firm believer that. As someone, he's someone who only dates white women, and the the standard for white women continues to be lowered and lowered, because um, they constantly think Pete Davidson and Jack Harlow are attractive. So um, the bar is, you know, is lower than this bar stool right here. Man, um, You're saying white women think that? Oh, dog! <clears throat> I had a conversation um, this past week at uh, drinks for work, and one of my coworkers brought her friends, and we were talking about her dating history. And I was like, I looked at her and my coworker. I was like, I bet I can date, I can guess your type. And she was like, All right, cool, shoot. And I look at my coworker. I'm like, tall white dude, brown hair, beard, somewhat built. And she was like, Yeah, usually in real estate. And I was like, I already knew that. Look at her friend, and I'm like, tall white dude, brown hair, beard, somewhat built. And she's like, He usually doesn't have a beard. But I was like, But he's a tall white dude with brown hair. And she's like, Yeah. And so we start talking, and we like get into the groove of things. And I was talking with my other coworkers, a dude, and we're talking about like what we talk about with chicks on dates. And we're just talking about the fact that like I go on dates and like I like my biggest three questions are last relationship, your family, and then when you went to school, just like get more familiar with who you are. And then I usually get like really, really personal because I'm like, I'm trying to leave this date understanding whether or not I want to text you again. Like I don't really want to waste my time. Um, and she was like, some of these questions I would never ask on a first date. And I was like, how successful are you on dates? And she's like, not really. And she's like, that's why I'm single right now. And so she pulls up her hinge and I go through her hinge matches. Why is every single dude on her hinge matches tall, white dude, brown hair? And I was like reading through the, some of the messages and like the one dude was like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. And I was like, you talk to some lame ass niggas. <laughs> like, like you really got to like switch up the, the like the criteria. Like it's getting real goofy out here. Like I really just got to the point where I'm like a lot of white women just like put up with some real mediocre ass dudes. But it's also their fault because they only talk to like <clears throat> the one type of white dude like like you're not dating an Asian dude you're not dating a black dude you're not dating an Arabic dude or Indian dude like you date like one silo of men like your chances of finding a good dude in that 
that bro. criteria is so low. Lanes equals safety. Yeah. To these chicks, bro. Like that's all, that's what it comes down to. Like you date me is dangerous. Like you, know, you, know like you know what I'm saying? Like you know what I'm saying? So like someone else, like, like someone that looks like me, you know what I'm saying? Looks like us is you know what I'm saying? Is not you know it's not safe. You know what I mean? Like. And these, bro, these, these lame dudes, like, and you've seen it, it's almost like, it's almost like an epidemic. <laughs> like, the amount, the amount of pics you see where it's like, him? <laughs> like, for real, it's like, him? And it's like, they really be loving these dudes, too. Like, actually, I'm sure their personalities are great, man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? No. I don't know, though. I hear really bad stories. I'm like, I'm the first dude to admit men are trash. Like, I'm yeah, always upfront about that. Like, we are truly trash. Absolutely. Um, there's a couple good guys out there, and good luck finding them. But, like, I just don't understand thinking, like, you shouldn't switch it up. Because it's like, you're going to get fucked either way. Yeah, like you might as well like with or without lube at this point. <laughs> like you gotta just switch it up. Um, and so like I like see some of the the messages like my friends like are getting from dudes, especially on my my friends that uh the women in my life who have like you know close friend stories. Like I see what dudes really be getting off in their DMs and shit. And I'm like, oh like these niggas are crusty, like super crusty, super crusty. Um, yep. And it's just like if you're not gonna win, it's like you might as well switch up the strategy. And you, they just don't. Like, there's a lot of complacency right now in regards to dating. And I'm at the point where, like, my, the, I'm, like, the first to admit to people, like, do I think I'm in the position right now to date somebody? No. Would I date someone? Yes. But I think the criteria for, like, who I date has drastically changed over the last six to eight months just because, like, really? I've done two long-term relationships and both of them haven't worked out. And so one of the things I talk about with my therapist is she's like, the criteria in which you thought women make you happy clearly isn't working. So you need to try things without outside of your comfort zone. So I'm dating people that I normally wouldn't talk to because it's like, like I figured out things that I would normally wouldn't have tried out before. But that's because I was always like, oh, I'm only into this. And it's like, are you though? Because it's, it's, it's not working. Like, yeah. It's like the one dude who's like only into Arabic chicks or like only into Hispanic chicks or only into black chicks or only into white chicks. It's like, you might not know if you don't try. It's like new food at the restaurant. Like that Thai food might slap. You just never tried pad Thai. So, so your criteria? Are you talking about like physical or like intangible? Um, I'm talking physical in regards to like the look, and then um, I'm and I mean this in the nicest way. I'm starting to weed people out by career. Oh, if you he said what he said. If you don't make money and you are not in a, <laughs> a hardworking, driven lane, I'm just like, if yeah. I have to text you every day, like it's an automatic no for me. Like yeah. I like, like you, 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 I told you, like mm-hmm. some of the chicks I've gone on recently, like physical therapist, mm-hmm. OT, law student, law student, flight attendant, like they're all doing shit. Like they're all making money doing their own thing. So like when it comes to texting, like they're cool with not talking for like two to three days, but I'm gonna check in on like Wednesday or like whenever it is and like yo let's get drinks in a couple of days whatever whatever and so for me it's more so of uh, my therapist is like me to date more independent women type vibe mm-hmm. but uh he's setting you up no <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah what's up with what's up with you in your uh, current situation so you know I've been in a relationship for a little bit now um things are going pretty well um I gotta keep it a little more like uh Anonymous, because you know she is of a South a- South Asian descent. It's a little more um, hostile of a community. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So you know what I'm saying? Like I, I can't get too detailed, but you know things are going things are going well. You know what I'm saying? That's boo. Um, that's bae wifey. Yes, yes sir. Yes sir. Okay. Onto onto kind of what you were saying. You know what I'm saying about like like broadening your horizons, experiencing different things. I would say that has been a huge culture shock. Um, just like a, a completely different like like uh, baseline. Um, completely different culture. Like, I can't communicate with her parents. She's Pakistani Muslim, just to be specific. Damn. Yes. Um, so she is expected to already be married. Um, she does not live at home, and that was an extreme step, something that her parents to this day hide in their community. Um, so it, it was at first it was very difficult, obviously. I met her, you know, like... Like very wholesome, yeah. very wholesome way. Like her dog ran up to me when we were walking down the street. Oh, you were in like a meet cute, like rom com type shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you already that's the first vibe check though. The dog <laughs> exactly, on. exactly. Yeah. From that point, I pursued. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, so it was, it was her te- storybook ending. Yeah. Except for like, you know, the whole like, like, damn, like you aren't uh, Punjabi Pakistani Muslim, so <laughs> yeah, I can't take you home. She's getting rishtas, on which, like, for those who don't know, are, like, marriage proposals, pretty much contract proposals. Um, these girls are getting signing, signing bonuses out here, yep. just so y'all know. <laughs> I don't know. Biggest thing that dudes need to understand, and, and shout out to the women out there, but, like, good women cost. Like, you, you can't be broke and date a quality woman. I'm sorry. Like, get your money up real quick. <laughs> like you need to get your money up. I'm sorry. Like quality women cost. Like I go on dates and I'm like, they're like, Oh, why do you pay for everything? I'm like, cause my, your time costs. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I think you're a quality woman. I'm going to pay for things. And so on your side, like you understand that. Cause it's like, absolutely name any dude who's dating a bad woman who doesn't have to put money up to like, not mm-hmm. even like on some like tricking type vibes, but like dinners, course, yeah. like taking her out, like doing things, like mm-hmm. sending her cute, like sending flowers is such a weird thing in our society where like dudes don't think that's necessary. And I'm like, you should probably. How could you not? Yeah. If you send her flowers. If like a woman, I'm going to send her flowers. You will have success. It's $50. Yeah, like it's get your like, fucking money up. Like it's flowers. Yeah. Do it on the, you know what I'm saying? Like, like every other week or something like yeah, that. Get on the schedule yeah, and you will have that. success. Absolutely. She will never say you don't care. And people be like, oh, you know if you're if you're a great guy and you care and you know you do all this shit for her, you can be a you can be a bum. You don't have to make that money. <laughs> it's true. At some point, the rubber <laughs> hit the road, and she's gonna be like, "We need some bread." <laughs> <laughs> the tires worn off. <laughs> but now back to your 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 girl. Um, how does how does the long term prospects of that work for you guys then? I mean, to be honest, it, it comes down to the situation of like I have to be prepared to marry her. At the point of meeting her family or her, her like uh, I've met her siblings, but yeah, meeting her parents. Her parents. Yeah. Um, she is she's twenty four. She's turning twenty four, um, and so like pretty much I don't know I'm airing out a lot on the pod, but like pretty much like like that's already pretty old in her community. So um, you know it's just something like we're we're dealing with internally. There's no pressure. She's a career minded person. Like, you know, she's she's having a lot of success professionally, so she's not being rushed. And she has a lot of great family members who are uh, directing her to not rush or anything. So, okay. so, mashallah, you know, like, good, <laughs> good shit, good shit. You um, no, I'm absolutely not marriage ready. I need to get my bag up, you know what I'm saying? I need to, like, emotionally come to terms with myself always. You know, that, that maturity kind of aspect. That's energy, man. That's yeah. energy, man. 
I mean, we're, we're four black dudes that are, you know, obviously in great careers, trying to make money and, and, and develop yeah. ourselves. But it's one of those things where you get a lot of societal pressure to advance in your relationship, the relationship side of your life. Like, I went home from Christmas, and my parents were like, if there's going to be any of our four kids, like, we know it's about to be you. Like, my mom was like, I thought you were going to be the first one to give me grandkids. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, then she, and then she was like, but then you broke up with your girl. And I was like, I guess we got to, like, restart this timer. Um, <laughs> and so, like, my dad's, like, in his 60s. And he's like, sooner rather than later so I can, like, be alive and, like, experience <laughs> that. And I was like, I'm going to try. But, like, yeah. nigga, stay healthy. <laughs> yeah, 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 stay um, obviously, talking about this, um, I, I want to kind of highlight my guy Matt here. A new situation going on. Um, I wanted to use this first episode back just to get us, our <laughs> listeners, more familiarized with some of the, our new co-hosts who will be here moving forward. Matt, you're obviously, you know, something light, something new. How's that? How's that going on your end? So it's it's going fine. I mean, it's still low key. I'm trying to figure out whether or not she's going to come visit Chicago this or this upcoming weekend. But you know, we're still filling it out. She's a law student. She goes to NYU, third year. Um, she graduated soon. Yeah, she graduates soon. Law school team. <laughs> yeah, so I mean... Educated women for the win. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, from the perspective of... I think we get along very well, and I'm excited to see what the chemistry would be like, but it's at the same time, I think, if I want to be intentional about getting into a relationship in the long term, I don't know if I want to have it start being over distance. Yeah. Long distance um, is for me. And especially <laughs> when the city is New York, and I'm not sure I ever want to live... Like, with where I am right now, New York is not my city of preference. Like, as much... As respect I have for it, like shout out to people from New York, whatever. But super great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I can appreciate the city for what it is, but know that it's just not for me to live. And so I can never. I think it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I think she's gonna come. I think we're gonna have a great time. But then it's like any time, it's I'm catching a flight. And like really, how long? That's fun for a little bit, but yeah. then it becomes like okay. That's long fine. distance only really works when both people have money, because you can yeah, fly. Because you can just pretty do whatever you need to do. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and I'm a firm believer that if you're going to do it, like you got to figure out, I think it's easier for you to do it when you know there's an expiration date. So if you know, like by this time she's moving here or I'm moving there, you can very quickly, you know, work your way through it. Cause it's like, it's like homework. Like, you know, once you're done, you're done. Yeah. You don't have to do that again. Um, so one of the things you actually, you know, piqued my interest on, and I, I asked all three of you guys here, um, on some super gremlin type vibes, would you fly a chick out? Yeah. If no I comment. wasn't in a relationship, absolutely. <laughs> I would trick. I'm being I mean, real. No, if we're if I'm living here and I'm single, if I'm single, I'm not I'm not single, but no, bro. You you gotta you gotta look some kind of bad for me to fly you out. When there's bro, plenty of bad women in the city. The gram is something serious. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Bro, I understand it, but a lot of them girls live here. Oh no, a thousand percent. You know what I'm saying? Like, the question yeah, is, the, the, the you know debate isn't whether or not I, I don't there are attractive women in Chicago. The debate is whether or not you would see a shawty and say, "Say less, I'm flying." Yeah. There's 1.5 million yeah. chicks. Or one point, what is it? 1.5 million chicks in Chicago or some shit like that. There's a lot of women in Chicago, and a lot of them are bad. All right, but like, if I catch a vibe with a chick in like Houston, Dallas, Miami, New York, LA, yeah. whatever, I might. You could even low key be in Cleveland and be bad. I might fly you out, bro. Honestly, like, or I might fly into your city, make it a little weekend. <laughs> that's, that's that's a different lane. Let's going be down. real, for real. Like, look, realistically, a flight's gonna cost me three fifty, another three fifty on housing, and another two hundred something on just food and bullshit for the night. Right, so I'm just under a thousand dollars. 
I've spent that in a month of going out. I could just stay low for a couple weeks, <laughs> stack that bread up. Like you can do it. But like, it goes back to what I'm saying. Like women cost, like if I really vibe with someone, I want to see that person. Facts. That's facts. But a lot of dudes, the thing I always talk about, or the thing I always laugh about whenever I have this conversation with like my homies back home or like people I meet is a lot of dudes who are like, why would I fly a chick out? Like, why would I spend money on her? And I'm like, once again, men are trash and always are going to be afraid of spending money on women. And it's like, that's why you date mid. Mm-hmm. End of the day. Like, you are in relationships where you're not willing to commit or give your best effort towards women. And that's why you're not inclined to, like, put yourself out there and reciprocate energy. Because it's like, no one's like, not a lot of women are trying to, like, make money off of you. But, like, you have to be willing to make an effort towards that partner. And so, realistically to me, I'm like, a fly out, like... Or me flying in, like, I might make a cool little weekend in your city real quick, though. And it might be, like, I am there to see you, but I might check out what the top, you know, sites are in that city. Yeah. No, this is, yeah, if it's, like, the initial question of, like, would you fly a girl, I'd be like, no. But, like, if you, to your point, like, go and see, like, meet someone in one of these cities and then, like, get to know them, that's a different, that's a different bag, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. And, and it goes to, you know, something that we've, we've touched on, um in our conversations in our group chat, um, pushing P. Um, <laughs> but the, one of the, my favorite things from last year that, you know, Jay-Z talked about in a song with Drake is, you know, knowing the price of everything but the value of nothing. Mm. And a lot of times that, that, you know, trickles into every single aspect of our lives. Like, people really do know the price, but don't know the value of anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that, that, that drives your whole mentality about things because it's like, <clears throat> if you can't truly value anything, then, like, what are you doing? True. And I think kind of to go back to the original question again, I think relationships are one of the most valuable things you can have. Facts. Absolutely. If I'm flying a girl out, we're developing a relationship. Yeah. She's in your crib. If you're doing that, you're being intentional. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? That's just, that's one of those things. Um, I think those are kind of the, the, the assets that we don't think about and kind of going into another topic, you know, friendships, um, plutonic friendships with, um, the opposite sex. I know sometimes there's an issue for some people. I don't know where you guys stand on that. What can you repeat that? Uh, plutonic relationships with the opposite sex. Plutonic. Like, how do you mean? Like, I mean, I have some of the best friends I have in my life are young women. So absolutely, you used to live yeah. with a girl, right? I live. I currently live with a girl. Uh, yeah. yeah, we went to you went to Wisconsin as well. So, yeah, no, I, mean, I definitely think that they're possible. I definitely acknowledge that. In other dynamics I've seen, there's definitely sexual tension and that can be an issue um, and a lot of people <laughs> feel very strongly but I, I personally think that they are very much so I'm I respect you very much the opposite person I, in regards to that. <laughs> very much so. I yeah. have like six to seven maybe eight platonic female friends and then everyone that all the other women outside of those six or seven that I'm like friends with I've either hooked up with yeah. or like we're in a long term fling with and then after we like stop hooking up I was like yo you're still the homie so like, yeah. let's just keep being friends. Bro, even six or seven is a lot. I feel like no, a, a thousand percent. Like Shelby is one of my closest friends ever, and we've never done anything. Alex is the same way. Tyson's the same way. Like they've always looked out for me like a sister, um, and I appreciate those friendships. But I, I do, I do think that it's a subjective conversation because I, I think it depends yeah. on the guy. Like for sure. once again, men are trash, and yeah. you know a lot of dudes don't know how to keep their fucking hands to themselves. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of boundaries. There's a lot of things you shouldn't say to your female friends that you can't say to your male friends. It's just in regards to like a more 
um, machismo way, like not even a, a derogatory way, but like there's just certain conversations that men relate to better with other men than they do with women. Mm-hmm. Where like <clears throat> when it comes to some of the wow, Drew Locke second touchdown, he going that's crazy. crazy. The Broncos just took the lead. Um, Upset alert. Um, but just like there are things that you and I, like us in this room, could talk about that like I wouldn't talk about with my female friends, but like. My, my actual close female friends would be like way better at just talking about like what's going on in my life in regards to an emotional standpoint, in regards to a more level-headed, you know, objective standpoint um, on certain things in regards to friendships, relationships, family, my career. Like I've had some of the best advice in regards to like staying level-headed um, in life. And so, you know, those, those are just some of the things that, you know, I, I pay attention to in regards to platonic friends. It's all about how you structure the relationship. I think... Um, Jeremiah made a great point where, you know, you know, you have to be intentional. You know, two of my biggest goals for this year are, are two things that I think a lot of people struggle with is being intentional and being consistent. I think that if I can be intentional and consistent for 12 months, I can see a ton of growth in my life over the next year. Um, and I think that if I look back in the next 12 months on, you know, taking those steps and taking those moves in my life, you know, I can learn a lot by myself. Most, but most importantly, I can learn a lot about the people around me because if I put myself out there with um, intentional actions and being consistent with who I am as a person and I'm not getting that same energy back, one, I can understand like who's actually in my corner. And then two, there's no confusion. You know, I think the biggest thing with people right now is that there's a lot of, um, there's a clear lack of understanding person to person because, you know, we're not the best communication we're going through a pandemic, so people are dealing with things that we're not quite used to. Um, and then three, you know, we're getting more comfortable with the idea that people do deal with, you know, depression, anxiety, and a lot of these other um, more mental health-related issues. And we're not quite in the space where we're being as understanding as we should with those. I mean, it brings me to a conversation, you know, that was kind of brought to me on Twitter, where it was like this whole thing about, you know, <coughs> Twitter guy. Twitter big, big Twitter guy. Um, and it was all about the thing that, like, oh, if someone's, like, not being consistent, like, texting you or hitting you up or, like, dates or whatever it is, you should just cut them off. Like, it's an energy thing. Like, the first mistake they make, you just cut them off. And someone was just like, I thought we were trying to be more understanding about mental health. Like, how many times have you guys been in a place where, like, you had plans to do something and then you just got there the day of and you're like, listen, like, I'm not where I need to be right now to be doing this. So, like, I'm going to respectfully ask to, like, reschedule or do it another time. And it's, like, we've gotten so accustomed to just it's our way or the highway. And I, I think that, you know, it shouldn't be a slippery slope where you're becoming complacent and allowing a lot of people to disrespect you as a person and, and, and treat you however they feel like. But, like, if someone's been, you know, intentional with you in the past and, you know, they are having a bad day or a bad week, like, it's very forthcoming to... You know, have them admit, like, yo, I'm just not where I'm supposed to be right now. Like, I, I need to, like, take this time to, like, figure myself out right now. Can we reschedule the next week? Or, like, I woke up this morning, some shit happened. You know, can we move to the next week? You know, I, uh, a, a great example, um, there's a chick I was seeing in the fall. Um, this chick from Atlanta, she was a really great, great person. Um, and we had, like, been kind of off for two or three weeks because I was just, like, mentally checked out. And then we were supposed to go to this Cat Williams show together. And, like, the two weeks leading up to it, I was like, I don't know if I should go. A lot of my homies were like, just go to it. And then two days before um, we were supposed to go, my mom had surgery to remove her tumors. And she had complications during her surgery and almost, like, bled out on the table. And I was just, like, fucked up about it. And so I texted her, like, the day of. And I was like, I, like, just can't do that. Like, I'm not mentally here. 
Valid. And I would feel bad about like going on this date with you because you paid for this and like it's supposed to be a fun time and I feel like I would be using you if I did. And she was like, yo, like I understand, da 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 da, like you have been checked out, I get it. And, you know, I would appreciate it a little bit more notice so I can like figure it out. And then she was like, you know, we can still go together. And then she was like, yo, like you just said like you can't go. So like I'm not going to do that to you. Um, but it was just like for me, you know, if I ever got back in the space where like I would double back on her. I would because I, I, I respect how she handled that situation. Right. But, like, a lot of people would have been like, oh, he's done. Franklin's chalked. <laughs> like, dog, that's, that's like, I, I even tell her about my mom, but, like, the fact that I didn't have to and she understood yeah. says a lot to me. Whereas, like, other people, like, they feel entitled to, like, you need to know, like, what happened with my mom. I'm like, you don't really want to get into it about what happened with my mom, be for real. Yeah. Like, you either take things for face value and, and interpret it how you want. Or we're going to have a legitimate conversation about this. And, like, it's on you to be comfortable having that conversation. Right. That's a fact, bro. Damn, he said the fall. She's still on his mind. That's crazy. <laughs> you don't forget that type of, type of woman. Quality. Her energy was different. That's crazy. Quality. You know what I'm saying? Come summertime, you never know. <laughs> when demon time's over. <laughs> <laughs> was that an expiration date? Super gremlin. <laughs> you start seeing, seeing faces again. It's fresh. You know, we're going back into the pandemic pretty pretty strongly here so you know just you know i don't think things are going to close up or anything but but when that cold weather really starts rolling around dudes going to make executive decisions on their roster man do i really like (laughs) in the next couple of weeks people are like do i like hanging out with this guy (laughs) and if you don't it's gonna be a long winter Man. A lot of women out there that want to be in relationships, and it, it reminds Man. me of that post I made where it's like you just want the honeymoon phase. I promise you, you not want the complexity of actually being in a relationship right mm-hmm. now. They want the dopamine. Yep, that's, that's what that it is. Easy fix. It's not, it's not worth it. No, it is not. In a, um, lot, of, in a lot of ways, <laughs> it is a difficult. Like we can go into it. It is expensive to be in a relationship, no matter how you want to cut it. Very you know what I'm saying? Either extreme. from transportation, dinners, oh my God, gift bro. giving. You know what I'm saying? Gift giving is one of my love languages. Okay. Yes. Love that. It gets it gets taxing after a while. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I've been in one for five years, bro. I already know. The check is run up. <laughs> Daily. That's why you gotta make get your money up. You know yeah. what time it is? It's raise season. Inflation's through the roof. You guys gotta start asking for raises at work. You ask for that money, hang his ass. What'd they say? I did. They're still stalling, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just focused. It's not a done deal. No. What they say? Crazy. Honestly, the way that my job handled my promotion was was really bonkers. But they essentially promoted me before the new year, but didn't give me any sort of clarity around my new job description or my pay. So I'm sitting there and I'm mm. talking to my boss and I'm saying, you know, I really appreciate this opportunity. You all continue to invest in me, all that jazz, right? But, you know, can you tell me anything about this job? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is kind of obligated to tell me what I'm going to be doing. Quite and quite. they just kind of continued to really lack the ability to articulate what I was going to be doing. And so I think that's something that's kind of been, I've been thinking about over the past couple of weeks. In terms of being intentional and being very clear about what I want to do in my career, you know, if this is a sign to really be open to new opportunities. Um, and so kind of excited that the first few weeks of the year, I feel like they're going to offer me some clarity around that. But yeah, no, I mean, it was just how to not handle a promotion with someone one-on-one. Yeah. Um, well, I just think there's a, there's a very clear conversation that needs to be had in corporate America about like real leadership. Yeah. Um, I was joking about it this week. There's a clear 
an almost conscientious decision to start using words like being a thought leader or being, mm-hmm. you know, um, questioning things to like, you know, help figure things out. But I don't really get what that means because, you know, you just throw the word thought leader out and it doesn't really move the needle of the conversation. And then when you ask people to like ask questions, but at the same time, you're also like, if you ask a question and don't have a possible solution to it, don't ask the question. Yeah. It's very counterproductive. I think there's a clear lack of real understanding in corporate America, especially right now during the pandemic, because, you know, a lot of places are in office right now that shouldn't be. Like, I'm very <laughs> rated out by the fact that we're in one of the highest peaks of COVID ever. And, you know, a lot of offices, um, some of them pushed it back. Um, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm someone who's been in office for almost a year and a half now. What? You're in office? Every day. Suit and tie. <laughs> oh, my God. Suit and tie. What? I stopped wearing a tie finally, but like I'm in I'm in a blazer and, and pants every day at, at the office. Bro, are you good? Yeah. No traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga's not good. <laughs> no, I already know he's not, but I had to ask this question. Matt and I have had wow. conversations about like I, I there's some things that I enjoy about my work experience and there's some things that I don't and and one of them is definitely the, the lack of understanding around. So like me working at home yesterday was kind of an issue. But I was like, dog, it was negative something real feel. Yeah. I'm not coming in. Like, just I'm going to put it out there. Like, I'm chilling at home. Like, I'm sorry. It's a light day for me. It's a Friday. I'm chilling from home. I can get my work done from home. Yeah. Um, I think going back to what you were saying, I think when you think about the way that the workforce is changing specifically, I feel like we're in a, gen- a generation that's very much so embraced our voice and our ability to really direct and impact our lives in a way that our parents didn't or knew that they could but didn't have the confidence to mm-hmm. and I think going back to your point about asking for raises like I'm very clear for example that I have my number if they don't give it to me I'm gonna leave Fact. right because at a certain point like you once you're clear on what your worth is you can operate with intention if you're clear on where you want to go and what you want to be doing and I think companies are still at least my company I think is still in the mindset of very much so loyalty and we do x number of things and that means you're going to stay for x period of time Versus like, niggas gotta do his best for them, bro. I yeah. gotta secure the bag and like build my brand, right? Because I'm very clear on what I wanna do and what I want my legacy to be. So I think that that's something else that companies have to continue to be mindful of is you have to adapt to the talent around you. Otherwise, you're gonna get dusted. And mm. I think that's why a lot of older, like, like I work for an accounting firm and there's an element to which we do consulting and that's what I do, but they still, it's very much so like a bigger accounting firm and that's not necessarily thinking about strategy and implementation and diversifying, I think, in the ways that they could be. And it's like, you know, we're only going to subject ourselves to that for so long because that's why I always make the joke to him that I think he should leave his job because he's, he's very good at what he does. He's 26 with his MBA and these niggas is wild at his job, bro. Like, <laughs> his, his job is not, a conducive, it's not a conducive culture for people that look like us. Yeah, and, was, and, he's, and he's very clear on why he's there and I'm proud of him for knowing that. Um, but it's also like he could go anywhere and do whatever he wanted right. to do, getting Probably the bag that he wants. So it's like at a certain point, you already got that shit on your resume. And and really, if you called on those niggas, they'd probably answer and recommend them, right? So you've done what you needed to do, but now you get you can go and do whatever you want in a way that builds you up, that gives you energy, that doesn't drain you. Yeah. Where you're not getting pressed for not coming in when it's a, the third wave of a pandemic <laughs> in 2022. And, you know, like just crazy stuff. So One of the things I really look at that Matt understands is this real estate space is, is very white male dominated. And so we're constantly surrounded with people that don't really come from our background. Mm-hmm. And it's great from a working perspective, but it's, it's not amazing from a culture perspective because you're expected to, they always talk about like leaning in and embracing culture and being a team player. And it's like, 
you don't have diversity and you're not very inclusive. So like, what am I expected to do? Tolerate white people bullshit. That's what lean in means. Lean into the bullshit. <laughs> just lean into the bullshit. Yeah. And smile. Is a, is a bullshit smile away, boys. It's a bullshit word that they they really just mean that like embrace white corporate culture. That's, yeah. that's all that means. It's like culture is just not a culture means like us. Like yeah. uh, Max is in HR. Bro, I mean, yeah, bro. Like, I work this shit daily, bro. Like People like all these culture questions. Yeah. Or like they try to look for culture fit. Like it just means like, <laughs> do you look and act like us? Like <laughs> there's no there's nothing deeper than that. It's it's a facade term. <laughs> My biggest thing is just like, and like I always feel weird saying this, but it, it's really as blunt as I'm gonna get. I just it, it makes it extremely difficult for me to quote unquote assimilate into a culture when it's just a bunch of and I mean this in the nicest way. It's just a bunch of white people who hang out with only other white people. Like, if you look around your squad when you go out and all of your friends, family, associates look like you, then you have a very clear problem within your, your demographic or in your group. Because it's like you are currently quickly approaching becoming the minority in this company. So realistically right now, the <clears throat> population is 40% minorities. So if your friend group is not even close to that 40%, then you're less diverse than the actual country itself. <laughs> Yep. Um, and so for me, it goes back to the thing I was talking about with that girl where she only really dates dudes who are white with brown hair. And it's like you were ignoring a very vast population or group of this population. And I think it's the same way with work where you're only really recruiting, retaining and promoting people that look, talk and act like you. Yeah. And that's why I pay attention to the fact that Matt doesn't have a lot of black directors. I don't have any black directors. And for me, it's very disheartening because when I do go through interactions with people, and they're like lean in, embrace the culture, et cetera, et cetera. When I talk to my, a lot of my coworkers, they're like, well, you know, my director went through this, so like I can go through it and get to where he's at. And so for me, I look at it in the sense that if I don't see anyone that's like me in management, it's like, why would I go through that? Like, yeah. why would I put up with that? What is the incentive here for me? Because like the biggest thing for me is like, similar to what Matt said, we are embracing our voice. But more importantly, I'm trying to put myself in the financial position to be successful in the future. And if there's no inherent advantage of putting up with said bullshit or embracing the culture or leaning in, then what am I really doing here? And at the end of the day, it's like we're kind of just, you know, walking around the same issue, the real elephant in the room on, you know, just a real widespread um, overthrow of the more predominantly 1980s, 1990s culture. Because at the end of the day, if you're a 30, late 30s, early 40s, um, white male in corporate America in a position of management, you were raised by someone who predominantly grew up in a culture that was pretty segregated because mm -hmm. your bosses probably grew up and went to work in the 90s and 80s where there was a lot of racially you know, st stimulated issues going on. Um, and so a lot of that culture is passed down you know, generation by generation and we're not that far removed from you know, me and Matt not even being able to work in these environments. Um, and so for me, it's just one of those things where you know, we're not having that conversation and that dialogue kind of gets squandered by some of the more um, unfortunate conversations that do have happen in corporate America. Um, but but it's interesting. Um, you know, I was going to say, I think, kind of going off of that, I feel like my my work experience in terms of being two and a half years out of school, I think has been very unique from the fact that, so, you know, like for context, I don't know if I've told you guys this or not, but I led at my company racial equity programming for a year and a half. So it was putting together, facilitated a book club where we read The Color of Law by Richard Rolstein, like 
um, had us read Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack of White Privilege by Peggy McIntosh, had my team watch the documentary the 13th, right? Like 20, mm-hmm. 25 white people deep, um, <laughs> lead, you know, from analysts to the lead partner of my group. Um, we're doing this together and I'm leading the conversations, right? And so, you know, they liked it because they didn't have to do it. You know, they didn't have to lead it with me doing it. And, right. You know, but yet I was, I was enabled and supported in doing it. But, you know, doing it this past year, and t- attendance and engagement was low. And a lot of the managers, like specifically the white managers on my team, didn't, who started engaging, you know, right after the murder of George Floyd, like a lot of, of white America did, slowly mm-hmm. followed off and kind of showed no interest in, right. in continuing to participate. And so we're building up this whole new business strategy that's kind of rooted in our leaders, the leaders of our team having the cultural competency to actually understand the issues and plights of people of color, especially when we work in affordable housing where the overwhelming majority of people that live in affordable housing are black and brown people. Right. And we work with a good number of black developers as affordable housing consultants, right? So right. it's like, you, we have to understand what the issues that impact other people's communities that are not white, middle America, right? So I think that's, that, that's something that it, they're, they're continuing to work through. But I had a conversation this week where I was saying to our leadership, like there's an opportunity for us to really be not to kind of uh, coin Franklin's term, but to really be thought leaders in this space where you t- uh, take a res- racial equity lens to how you train your staff and how you build NDI and implement it into your team culture and then how that can influence business strategies and how you break into a market. But our team doesn't, the leaders on my team don't get that. They don't see, necessarily see the value in, like, you know, well, why, you know, they're slow to the punch in terms of hiring more people of color, understanding to Franklin's point why, if I look up at my leadership and everyone's white, well, I'm going to be gone in three years, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't see me. Right. I'm not, you're, you tell me that I'm in a position to grow and that you're investing in me, but how, you know, there's nothing that affirms that, yeah. right? that inspires me to want to go harder for you. Um, and so that's why too, I think that I'm very intentional in my next year about working at a company that is black owned mm-hmm. and that if I can being majority black, because I think that that's a, that is an experience I want to have. Um, yep. Because at a certain point, like I can I can play the game, right? We all can. That's mm-hmm. what it, in part has enabled us to be successful. But I, I would rather selectively play it than have to play it every day. And I think that that's something I feel, and I'm blessed to be in a position where my career has taken me to a place where I can do that. But I feel like that's something I'm very adamant about because the shit is exhausting and dealing with it every day. Dog. Right. Like when you're talking it about you know stuff that happens on the news and. I have to just deal with everyone else acting like on January 6th, hmm. on, ja- <laughs> on January 6th, my staff, the, my team was trying to act like it was another day. <laughs> You're watching it. I'm watching, I'm turning on CNN. I'm getting messages. Oh, it's pretty crazy. What's happening at the Capitol? Yeah. <laughs> Democracy's under attack. It's pretty fucking crazy right now. I just hate how, how am I doing? Did you Not see the, well. The video? What do you think? Right? Did you see the pictures yeah. of, uh, Democrats and Republicans like honoring the, the officers who died last year and only uh, one Republican showed up and someone was like really? blue lives really matter huh and I was like that's kind of wild how like mm-hmm. the entire country Republican or Democrats kind of accepted that like January 6th was wild as fuck and Republicans are still like we're not going to come out and like chastise them so because that's their base <laughs> that's yeah. their people that's their people I mean of course that's they're their brothers and cousins I think that like these problems when I say these problems you know what I'm talking about it's, <laughs> it's much deeper than like corporate culture like you know these uh, horrible incidents it's like it's the institution 
And like, I think these problems won't be solved until everyone starts looking like us, right? Like, and those numbers are growing. You know I mean, right. I think at some point it's going to just have to happen. Yeah. You know, whether they like it or not, like, you know what I'm saying? If Earth is actually inhabitable by the time. Right. We're trending. Ice capture melting. I think we're talking about 20 years. Not eat, bro. Yeah, it can't, of yeah years. it can't be 20. Hundreds. It took hundreds. It took 400 years for us to get to this point. It's at least another 400 with, you know, to, and assuming we're going like, to actually undo and rebuild all the structures, right? Like the sheer transformation that would actually have to occur, which gets to another topic, which is a bit more. What are you referring to? Are you referring oh, to climate change? I just mean, like, I just mean like, what, I, what I meant was like, I think in 20 years or the numbers will be. Oh, you're talking about population wise. <laughs> He's talking about that. Fixing the climate change. I agree. 20 years? The Smallville's no. version. I was like, oh shit, what do you got? No, Talk no, to no. me. I'm going to save the world right now. Hey, I'm like, what are you thinking about? It's tough. It's, you know, planet Earth, it's tough today. Um, it's a tough operation, man. No, but like, did you, have you all seen Don't Look Up? Yeah, no, I, I, I've been meaning to watch it. I love yeah. that movie, bro. Yeah, it's funny. You gotta watch. I mean, it's definitely like it's very clear what the political commentary is, right? But it just it makes you appreciate. It's funny because it makes you appreciate just really how it, how dumb the things that we are currently debating in this country are, um, while also Facts. making it very real that there are grim implications for us not doing the things that we're supposed to do as well yeah. which is like you know i appreciate about that too i'm like yeah yep like that's where we are it's funny i feel like i've been having more conversation with a couple of my friends around whether or not we want to have kids as we get older and a, a new response that i've heard is a couple of my friends have been like dude i don't want to do that because i'm bringing my kids into a world that is just utter chaos <laughs> like the 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 climate is incredibly screwed up we're just steamrolling past all the <clears throat> the opportunity to pass legislation to implement meaningful change, and uh, they'll figure it why, out. And Probably. white America would rather have a civil war than give people of color equal rights in this country. I don't talk about politics yeah, anymore, for a reason. Hmm? Yeah, like it's crazy. Because I mean that's yeah for that's for that's in your best interest for sure. Yeah, I, mean, I learned that very quickly. Yeah. In a very Republican field, and I have no interest in getting into that dialogue with people. Oh, I wouldn't be saying shit, bro. <laughs> Dude, not a word. Dog. I've heard I've heard them talk about like coworkers and like women in, in, in our environment. And I'm like, I already know what type of time you're on. Like, why would I even indulge in that kind of conversation? Um, but the the thing for me in regards to the space in and of itself is there's no financial incentive for a lot of these people. So they're not interested in sort of helping people like us get into that space because it quote unquote takes money away from them. Mm -hmm. Especially with us in real estate, like we're competing for jobs, opportunity, equity, debt, whatever it may be. But it's like, I really think about it in regards to real estate is one of the most lucrative careers um, you can get into. It's also one of the most stable careers. Like realistically, if you're in real estate for the rest of your life, you're almost, not. I don't want to say you're guaranteed, but like there's a very high probability you're making six figures for the rest of your life which gives you a lot more financial freedom Easily. than most other careers mm -hmm. um, even if you're an analyst for the rest of your life you can make six figures for the rest of your life because you can just be a, a really good analyst at a shop for a long time um, and so for me it's like that's a lot of you know financial positions that people like us don't get into or you know M Matt and I have talked about it but like 
coming into real estate, you don't realize how complex the different pockets within real estate are in regards to how life companies operate or how healthcare operates or how retail, institutional, um, industrial, um, multifamily. Like there's so many different pockets. Like nursing homes are a huge sector right now. Single families are, you know, the whole thing with Zillow the other, the other month, like that is a huge talking point within our industry because a lot of companies are getting involved in single family Mm -hmm. um, acquisitions. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, you would never know that on the outside looking in, but it's because, you know, a lot of people in this space don't give opportunity to people unlike them. Like one of the biggest things that irritates me, especially in my job, is the number of people from Wisconsin that work in Chicago real estate. No offense to you, Matt. I know you're a Wisconsin grad. Um, but like, they really be like jerking off these Wisconsin kids low key. Like, yeah. It gets like out of pocket sometimes. Number two real estate program in the country. Boy, talk to me nice. Talk to me nice. Uh, and I'm not mad at it, but like, you know? I'm not mad at like the, the rep and like bragging about it. But like, there's people, I was talking to someone and they're trying to recruit me to join their firm. And their entire intern class for this upcoming summer is yeah. nothing but Wisconsin. I believe that. Yeah. And I was like, why do you not think that's a problem? It's crazy. You're five interns, all Wisconsin kids. Why? That's super weird to me. Like, it, it's weird to me because it's like you're only recruiting the same. It's the same. goes right because, back to the But Franklin's earlier point, you think about where's the recruiter from? Where'd the recruiter probably go to school? Probably in the Midwest. Shit, the recruiter may be from Wisconsin. Yeah. Right? May have even gone to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So then it, it's just all those different layers. And to the point of, you know, you just... You got people you just, in your you office. You see talent and all the talent looks like you. So you assume that's the talent that there is. And you're getting it from Wisconsin. So it has to be good talent. Wisconsin has a good business school. Like I've had a conversation with one of my, like, one of my favorite directors I worked with. And I was like, I was like low-key, like, why aren't there any black directors in this office? And like, I talked about how I'm concerned about my long-term potential here. And he's like, all you got to do is work hard and put the hours in and And I'm like, dog, like if that was the truth, then there would be one. Right. Like I know tons of talented black professionals in my space. Like, why would you not be able to? Right. And it just reminds me, I was, uh, I was at a going away dinner last Monday and, or it might've been this Monday. And I was, it was, it was this Monday. We were at, um, pizza, pizzeria Portofino and it was a bunch of black professionals within the real estate space. And, and I texted Matt after it, but like the one lady that was there, she's like, I'm not going to name her name, but she was pretty high up in the real estate space. And she was just like point blank. She's like, your firm, even before the acquisition was historically not well known for minority development. There's a clear lack of ability within the space to obtain, retain and develop minority talent. You're going to be underpaid. And she like point blank, like in the middle of everyone just asked me how much money I make. And I told her, and she was like, you're underpaid for what you do. And she told me how much, like, a first year out of college makes at her previous firm. She said, quit your job right now, Kane. Deadass. 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 She told me. She was like, like, what's your long-term goal in real estate? And I told her. And she was like, realistically, there's not a lot of investment salespeople that are people of color. And I know that because there's only one in the ISA side, which is the investment sales side of the capital markets group at my firm. There's four other that are in the debt side. So I was like, there's a total of five black capital markets people in my company, the entire nation, that's really, really low out of like hundreds and hundreds of capital markets professionals. Uh, and so we had a conversation and she was just like, you need to think, think about your long-term prospects. She's like, it's better to make a move now than later. Um, unfortunately, like I, I, had, I do have a very optimal experience in regards to learning from some of the best professionals within my space that are located just in the Chicago office, which makes it difficult for me to really see mm-hmm. you know, those long-term prospects in regards to that but she is right um 
she said one of the most important things you can be doing in real estate is building capital. And so the only way you can really build capital at our level is through salary and compensation through bonus. And she's like, if you're not getting enough money, it's like you're not hitting that goal. So why are you still there? She was like, realistically, like, I don't care what anyone says in regards to job hopping. If you're not paying me, I don't really owe you anything. Like, I'm not entitled to work here because you think my reputation might tilt based on how you feel about a certain situation. So is this sort of why you started looking or like why you're thinking about leaving? Um, not necessarily. I don't, I don't think I'm looking to leave. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up in a, men, in a household, more importantly, and then I went to grad school where, you know, I don't actively look for positions. I am passively yeah. looking. Like, I'll go on LinkedIn and be like, yo, like, what's in the area? But I don't have any intentions of going anywhere, so it's not something that is really on my radar. I feel like real estate also got to be a lot of who you know. Yeah. Type shit. Like, the best opportunities in our space aren't really made through us applying. That's why I don't really apply to them. They come come, come for you. Um, The dude who just left my firm this this week, he was like, one of my clients hit me up and was like, yo, you're interested. Well, that's three people. It's just like their clients hit them up. So that's why when people talk about, like, are you looking for a job? I'm like, no, because it's like, that's not really how that works in this Mm -hmm. space. Right. Um, I'm just on the point where I have open lanes of communication, I think. I believe, and I hope that continues with my management, where I'm just like, you need to meet me at where I'm at so I can get to where I need to go, because you have struggled to put people like me in, in position. So, like, if I don't feel like I'm in position, I'm going to address it with you right now. Like, in my last meeting, I might hear in review, I was like, listen, like, I'm hoping to be an associate in the next 12 to 18 months, so, like, we need to be working towards that, and if we're not, like, that's where I'm going to start understanding that this isn't the long term for me, because I'm, I'm I, the one black associate my firm was an analyst for five years i'm not going to be an analyst for five years respectfully say that like mm-hmm. i'm just not i'm in year two heading into year three yeah. i'm not going to make it out of year four yeah. and still be an analyst i'm sorry like, like you 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 must not know who i am like i'm not making it to no year doubt. four yeah and i don't care if it's like oh this is just what you do that's what you do that's not what i do <laughs> like talk about it like you can say you Easy. do that kind of bullshit but like, be, like fam if i Easy. hit 27 and I'm still an analyst. We're going to have a conversation about this. I don't care. Right. Like, yeah. if people are like, oh, you just got to put your time in. You got to put your time in. There's no one that looks like me no. that, that put yeah. their time in. No. Level, so. I could go somewhere and get, right. Right. Like, let's, let's oh. have a real conversation. Way, way more bang for more responsibility. You're here fucking with I could realistically go clear 175 somewhere if I really right. wanted to, like, hey. go out there. Tell them. Yeah. Tell them. <laughs> hey, at what point do we get our 40 acres? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you, know what I mean? like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, no, but I just checked. I just checked. I work in private equity. I am the only uh, black person within the whole company. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, not not big company at all. Oh, and yeah. I'm in a satellite <laughs> office to be specific, so I don't really see anybody. We're fully remote. We go in like whenever our directors tells us like, hey, like let's come in to get lunch together. Yeah. So very different from I'm sure what you going in. You know, five days a week, you see everybody every okay. single day. That's so out of pocket. Right. Let you go over there. That's so right. dramatic. It's they so they really pretend in my office that COVID's not happening. They're like, it's it's the food. So you guys aren't <laughs> masked up or nothing? Um, we're all vaccinated, so no. No, are you? Are you, are you vaccinated? They, they required it, is what they said. So you had to... The proof? You just scan your vaccination card into like the company website as a tracker. There's, there's a scam there somewhere. There's something in there. And like, <laughs> to me, it was crazy because right before Christmas, we had an outbreak. And I was just like, and we yeah. still came back top of the year. Like, they were expecting <laughs> the office to be 50% full first day back. They're sick. It was packed, dog. <laughs> they could never claim to care about you. They all have some good-ass health insurance. I know that. Yeah. But HSA hit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, wow. But nah, it was just like, I love my coworkers and I like the, the, the culture amongst my peers, not necessarily within management. Um, but it's, it's weird to me because a lot of people are just like, oh, I couldn't work from home. And I, I personally couldn't long term. I'm very much someone who needs to be in office. Yeah. Because I like the computer setup. Like, I just like the computer setup. Yeah. The key that's really Definitely. Good. And like not being in my TV. But sometimes I'm just like, oh, wow. it doesn't feel like there's an effort to protect us as employees within mm-hmm. the space. From all angles, though. Like, me as a black employee, like, I'm vulnerable to my reputation and perspective. Uh, or, or perception and that's one thing that I, I really want to point out is like only something that's really directed at minority employees is like the whole leaning in like worry about your reputation worry about your perception because the first thing I always think about whenever someone says that to me is that is the only thing negative about me that you can really say that's all you got you what, can't say I'm a shitty worker what perception and, and perception reputation. of you yeah and my reputation you can't say I'm a shitty worker you can't t- t- say I bad mouth, bad mouth people or I'm mean or argumentative or whatever it may be. So you're going to attack my reputation or you're going to attack my perception. And realistically, that's your perception and that's your view of me because you're the one saying that. There's not a, a lot of people that would say that about me. And more importantly, I'm also just not moved by, once again, a bunch of white people that don't hang out with other minorities viewing me. I'm sorry. Right. Like, I, I don't take, and this is not weird, I don't take the opinions of white people that seriously. <laughs> Hey, I don't know if it does. <laughs> like, let's be for real. Like, what are you gonna tell me that's gonna move me about something? You don't hang out with people like me. Mm-hmm. If you're from Glenbrook or a lot of these suburban fucking white Chicago schools, you hung out with predominantly other white people. What could you possibly say to me that's gonna move me? You Your don't credibility is rendered obsolete. You don't know anything about me, like dog. Like, you go out to Old Town and your whole crew looks like a KKK rally. I'm oh, sorry. Wow. <laughs> Be for real, like be for real. <laughs> I tell people Man, all the time. That's my city. Go to your IG. <laughs> How many of those photos were people of color? You ever do that before? You you find someone new at work or like you met out and you go through the IG just off of something like oh like what he what has this person posted mm-hmm. and be like just. I just assume they white people. Yeah. I'm just inclined to believe I'm like, dog, like you ain't got one nigga in the group. (laughs) I did, bro. You even got the token guy. (laughs) That's a crazy thing you bring up is I do that all the time, like subconsciously. I I don't even think I'm doing it, but as you're saying that, like I definitely do that with every new coworker. Um, I just go in there, I try to look them up on socials and I go through the pics and like, I'm actually looking like, do they have like nobody, a nigga in this group somewhere? (laughs) He's like, no, like never. I got I, like every other picture is a person of color on my IG, like r- realistically. And then I hang out with Arabic dudes. I hang out with Indian dudes. I hang out with Asian dudes. Cause like, that's all like Dan Choi. I hang out with him. Like I go out with you guys. I go out with Chewy, Micah, you know, Colin, John, all these other people. I got my homies back home from like inner city Cleveland. I got people from college and all these different areas. And it's just like mind boggling to me how many people really have opinions on me as a person that only hang out with people that hang like that look like them. So it's like, what possible value would I have on your opinion? That's like me going to Ecuador and like, rip. this is dirty. Why would I, what, what are these right. people doing? It's like, cause they don't look like you. They don't hang with you. They don't, they, yeah, yeah. You have nothing Boy. in common with them. Like what, if, if someone looks, if someone like, an, if you were in Ecuador and you started making those comments, people would be like, you're not from here. You don't understand that. Yeah. And that's how I look at white, white people in certain environments. Cause it's just like, you don't know me, like you don't know me at all. Right. Like, you don't under you don't understand the way I think, the way I dress, the way I look. Like I had a conversation with someone at work, and I was like, "Oh, I keep like wet wipes 
on my toilet. And they're like, why would you do that? And I was like, oh, you just be raw dogging off you, you know, use a bathroom. You don't wipe or anything like <laughs> right. that. You think toilet paper is the most efficient way of <laughs> no water, Like nothing. <laughs> and so I was talking to my homie at work, John, shout out my boy, John Choi. He's like, I believe he's South Korean. And he was like, I like didn't understand toilet paper until I moved to America. And I was like, yeah, because it's, it's a culture thing. Like right. it, it really is a culture thing. And then the one thing I always like tell people is the biggest reason I like don't really take stock in some of those opinions is <laughs> end of the day, not only am I black, but I'm Nigerian. I'm the only one in my family born here. Yeah. Culturally, I was raised by two parents that did not grow up in America. Mm-hmm. What do we have in common? <laughs> Think about it. Like, what do we have in common? Like, you're, I don't know where you're, are you from, Chicago? Um, so I was born in suburban Chicago, raised in Columbus, Ohio. My mom is Turkish. My dad is black. Um, so that's his own unique. Turkish. Turkish. So his own unique uh, situation. And I don't know many people like me. Yeah. Except for my siblings. Um, but to kind of, yeah, to, to kind of build on that, like, it is what it is. I only know what I know. I, I truly believe 95% of societal problems are from people not understanding <laughs> that other people have different cultures. Yeah. I, like, that's why sometimes when people are like, oh, it's a race thing. I'm like, it's not really a race thing. It's a culture thing. Because, yeah. like, I can meet someone who's black and not understand them. Yeah. Because right? it's like we come from two different... Like, what are your Still parents' different cultures? My dad is black. My mom's white. Okay. Yeah. And that, I'm assuming, but both black parents. Mm-hmm. So, like, we all come from different backgrounds. Like, from bags. Yeah, like, just yeah. different different cl- cuts of, the, of a different cloth, like, the bags. same cloth low-key. Um, and so, for me... It's just like one of those things where like I openly go into interactions with people knowing that I might not relate to them on certain certain things, but like I'm not gonna judge them differently because they are who they are. Whereas I get in conversations with people are like really incentivized to like dissuade me from my opinion. I'm like, listen, like I'm 25 years old, like <laughs> you're not moving me on this. Yeah. Now. Like anything I think right now, like Loki is gonna stay relatively the same. <laughs> You know, for the foreseeable future. Like, if you vote Republican right now at this age, <laughs> you, wrong you got a lifetime contract right now. And if you vote Democrat, you probably got a lifetime contract as a Democrat. Like, very rarely does someone go independent or switch sides. Like, let's be real. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, when it comes to, like, ideological thoughts, like, you're not moving people off of that ledge. Like, they're there. Um, that's why I don't debate politics with anyone anymore. If you mm-hmm. feel some type of way, you believe something, you'd believe that. I'm not... Nothing I can say to you is gonna change that. Right. Like you, you if you read Fox, if you watch Fox News, you watch Fox News. That's human nature for us. If you watch CNN, you watch CNN. Mm-hmm. I'll read none of that bullshit because the most neutral, in my opinion, is MSNBC. But like, and they still be throwing hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they still be throwing hands. It's really crazy, bro. Yeah. Right, right. But it's just like, it, it, are you a good person? I never am worried about being a nice person. I think being nice is overrated. I'm always worried about being a good person. And if you're a good person, I'm always going to get along with you, regardless of where you're from. Um, and so for me, if, if you can demonstrate to me that you're a good person, will always be solid in my book. And that's just, that's the facts for me. Like, I'm never moving off that ledge. But it is what it is. All right. Um, you know, we're, we're over an hour in. I, I appreciate everyone who listened. Um, any final remarks from my co-host for the day? I mean, it was great to be here. I thought it was a great, you know, intro to season one. I'm excited to continue for these following weeks and give us some feedback. Let us know what you want to hear.
Go to go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. Give us a rating. I Best under it. three star podcast. <laughs> on the hey, stay easy, man. Niggas are on demon time. <laughs> Super gremlin. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you guys um, for listening to the Inexplicable Thoughts podcast, and we hope you guys have a great week. Remember to stay authentic this week.